Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Below the Fold, where some of the best content is just a scroll away. Let me throw down some introductions. We got Brandon Hassler, founder and CEO of Market Campus. What's up, my man? <laughs> What's up, Brandon? No, not much. <laughs> Threw me off guard. <laughs> I was so focused on my going back to my original liner there. That, uh, From season one. Yeah, I was just frozen after that. Nice throwback. <laughs> <laughs> throwback Thursday. Um, Paxton Gray, director of marketing operations at 97th floor. What's up, Jacob? What's up, my man? Not much, man. It's fall. First air, day of fall today. Air's as crisp as the leaves. <laughs> Feels good. Oh, those leaves are real crispy. And I'm Jacob Perry, digital marketing manager at Vivint Smart Home. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Let's jump into the show. Brandon, you got a rant for us. Sounds like something went down this morning that really um, well, maybe got not. you going. Maybe not specific. Uh, I think a collection of moments. So I've been getting more active in uh, a lot of different marketing groups online, like specifically Facebook groups, whether it's, you know, growth hacking stuff or digital marketing, entrepreneurs, whatever. And I'm the type, probably because of my occupation, I'm very much in learning mode. And I strongly believe that every uh, marketer needs to be in learning mode. And that requires some vulnerability, I suppose, if I'm saying that word right, of going out there and admitting that you don't know something or maybe you do know something, you're just looking to improve a process, whatever it is. But I am bugged by the industry. I'm not saying everyone is like this, but there are people out there like, I, I feel that I'm pretty experienced in digital marketing. I know my way around. I'm not an idiot. And I'll still pose questions that may sound like I like, hey, guys, what has worked for you to increase conversions on your pricing page? Like random stuff like that. And then you'll have these people who will respond in almost a condescending way and then like want to set up a consulting session with you. And like, you know, I'd love <laughs> to hop on a call and like give you some more advice. Okay, oh. so you're you're jumping around a little bit. So my main point is that I hate how you can't be in learning mode publicly without then looking like you don't know what you're doing. Like the, it almost feels like there you have to just secretly learn and then pretend that you are the all-knowing marketer in public. And that's how some consultants kind of treat themselves. Can you get more specific than that? Like can you tell us specifically what happened today that that <laughs> created this well, like I said, it's been a collection. Like for, So I'll give you a specific example. This morning I asked a question about, and if you're listening to this and you know of a solution, although I think I found the closest solution, I so I was using um, Hootsuite, which I unsubscribed this morning. I've just subscribed to Buffer, which I'm not sure if you guys have a preference between the two or if you have something that's even better. But what I hate is, let's say I find a really cool article on Medium. And I want to share it across all of my different social networks. Well, your typical platform like Hootsuite or Buffer, you paste the URL in there and then the open graph data shows up. Then you can take the URL out because you don't want the URL in the Facebook post because yeah. the open graph's already there. But then if you take the URL out, then the link's not going to post on Twitter. So then you almost have to like do your LinkedIn, Facebook, and Google Plus all together and then do it and then compose another one just for Twitter because you've got to include the link on there. Okay. 
So I posed the question in a group just saying, like, does this exist? And I just laid out what I want to where I can just paste in a link and then it will then create auto create kind of all of the different posts for the, each of the networks. And I can go through and then customize, including Twitter, each one. Yeah, including Twitter. I don't have to worry about it. They take care of the link already. They know that you're not going to include the link in the description on Facebook and LinkedIn, but they are going to include it on Twitter. And so I was just asked about that. And um, one guy, uh, Vincent Dignan, actually responded and he said, buffer and then i'm like i haven't seen this on buffer and i dug around and there's like one feature on buffer that kind of does it but it's kind of annoying to use but anyway the tool doesn't exist but then people will respond and um basically saying like you know this is a bad approach like almost like you know hey you don't know what you're doing here you should uh, be pasting the same thing on every platform yeah, you don't or... want to be saying the same th- every platform should be treated individually it's like i get that and I'm not saying that I want, I I specifically said, I want to customize each one for each social network without um, having to like compose a different post every single time. So we agreed, but he just misunderstood. But there's, that was just like the cherry on top of so often when I go out there, whether it's on inbound, like when you just pose a question, some people take it as this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Um, So basically you're, you're showing some vulnerability yeah, and then when people start trolling you, that's the that's the irritation point. I suppose it'd be like Larry Kim making a post and saying, "Hey guys, what what PPC what PPC advice would you guys have? What's been working for you lately?" And then you'll you'll have some people like Larry Kim doesn't know how to do PPC. Shouldn't he be telling us? No, <laughs> he's good at PPC. He's just always in learning mode. He wants he's open minded. He wants to hear what others have to offer. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like there's that vibe in the industry where uh, some people just kind of, they have to, they feel like they have to fake it till they make it, which I get that. But at the same time, I hate how you, uh, there's this pressure that you can't publicly let people know that you're Do you feel that learning. pressure, Paxton? Um, I've, I've, I've felt it. I, I, yeah. I don't really ask a lot of questions. Yeah, publicly. I've only noticed it as I've like I normally never get involved and it's when I and usually when I am it's like groups that aren't like marketing savvy so I'm kind of a little bit more of the expert there but when I'm in a group where there are other people who probably are smarter than me or you know equivalent it's those groups where it almost feels like everyone has to pipe in there and be like, I'm the expert here. Give me a call, by the yeah. way. I can help you out. Like, yeah. I know how to use Twitter, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, partially the reason why I've never asked questions publicly is for that reason. You know, I've, uh, so starting at Vivin, I've been there for, I don't know, three months now. And there's been an evolution in my comfort levels in it, in revealing my inag- inadequacies. Does that make sense? So in other words, when I first start, nobody knows me, right? They don't know. I don't have a reputation. They don't know my knowledge base. I mean, they don't know anything about me. But as as I start to establish myself as an expert in SEO or in digital marketing, the longer that continues to happen, the more they have confidence in my abilities to perform and the more confidence I have to reveal some vulnerabilities, right? Uh, because I know that they know that I can excel in these specific things. But when I start to ask questions like, Hey, I, I don't know what that means. Like, can you teach me what that is or whatever? I'm way more comfortable to do that. 
And I think the same principle applies online. If Larry Kim came around and said, hey, and asked those same questions, he already has a reputation for being a PPC expert. I don't think people would think Larry Kim doesn't know PPC. I think that uh, he's he would have that comfort in knowing that everyone, all his followers and people, I mean, he has a reputation online for knowing what he's doing. So people would act differently than than yeah. someone who's kind of a nobody. Not that, not that you're Well, that was the other thing I was going to add is perhaps this is all completely me. It's an insecurity. I mean, my job is to teach people, uh, you know, the best and best ways to market your business online. So perhaps that's just in my head where there's this expectation that you need to pose yourself as the expert, but at the same time, uh, yeah. be among the students and learn with them. Yeah, you're right. I, I will say it seems like the solution is to just keep going and let it roll off your back. And well, uh, I already deleted my Facebook account, so it's <laughs> too late for that. That's awesome. I mean, it just seems like just you know keep asking the questions and don't let it bug you when people who don't know what they're talking about decide to chime in and act like they're smarter than you. I get why well, that's annoying and it would it would bug me, but it seems like the the way to go is just keep asking the questions and then look for the people who actually know what they're talking about and get the get the knowledge there. But you kind of have to take those punches of the people that don't know what they're talking about. One thing I remember admiring about Jacob is he's really good at just recognizing what he doesn't know and being willing and humble enough to seek out those that do know what he doesn't know. Um, You know, Brigham PPC. Like my attitude is like, screw everyone else. I'm going to learn it. Like I'm going to be better than everyone else. And Jacob's smart enough to be like, no, you know, like I don't know it. These guys can do it way better than me, and I'm just going to assemble this team of people that know how to do stuff, and then we're going to do great work. And it, it takes a certain amount of humility to be able to do something like that. Interesting. I've never been called humble before, but there's a, a first time for everything. <laughs> um, I want to ask a similar question about like anxiety. Have you guys heard the term like anxiety? Is that like when you post something and don't get enough likes fast enough so you delete it? Well, not necessarily delete it, but it's, there's anxiety associated with the number of likes you're either getting or not getting, probably mostly not getting. Because it's, I don't know, that's what it reminded me of is there's a, this similar thing, right, where you're pushing something out there and you're not getting the response that you expect. So so you feel you feel that offended, you know, like irritation that you've been describing. Uh, I just posted a picture of myself. And I normally don't uh, post pictures of myself on Instagram, uh, but I posted a picture of myself and I went back like six hours later and there were three likes where normally I would have like 15. <laughs> so Just so like of, five times less. The one of you in the jacket? No, the one after that. <laughs> um, anyway, and I felt that like, that like anxiety a little bit and I hate that because like anxiety is a real thing, mostly among teenage kids who like rely on that for their own confidence. Uh, and I know that people, I know that people fall into this like anxiety stuff, but like, I, I want to know how to combat that without just ignoring it. Like, I want to know how to actively stop posting uh, without stopping <laughs> post. Like I want, I want, I want it to be like a, like a protest. How can I actively openly protest like anxiety? Um, like a Colin Kaepernick style, like, <laughs> I don't to, like know what that make, means. 
<laughs> oh wait, is that the guy who kneels down uh, during yeah. the yeah. national anthem? Like that kind of statement? Sure. All right. Except not so you like, stupid. You publicly want people to know that you are taking a stand against feeling anxiety. So maybe just at the end of every tweet, you do like the middle finger emoji, and then it's just like you don't have to like this. And now you're kind of like making Dang, it public. I kind of like that. I like actually. that too. <laughs> I'm not sure I feel comfortable. Or if no the, one the like middle retweets out. it or anything, then you wait like a day, and then that's when you just like comment to your own post with the middle finger, and then who knows that might generate some likes all of a sudden. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I don't want it to. I don't want people to to see it as me feeling embarrassed and wanting to like show. Off. I don't. Screw, I don't care if you guys you don't like yeah. my stuff. Yeah, yeah. I only feel it when I put myself out there in front of other people. Like I'll tag them. Um, and then they don't respond at all. And then I kind of feel like an idiot. It's like, I went out of my way. I'm like, Oh, okay. I was trying to be nice. And then they just completely ignored. And then I'm tempted to take it down. What's FOMO? Fear of missing missing out. out. Oh yeah. You just said, you just used that last week, I think. Right. Yeah. You know, I, it might be kind of cool to just do a bunch of posts that, you know, people are going to hate. And just expect zero likes. And you could even ask people not to like it. So so treat my social media like you treat golf. Try to get as, as low yeah. of a stroke as possible. Like Kanye West treats his Twitter account. And it might work. Or how he follow. treats life in Kanye general. West is on Instagram, by the way. Yeah, He's I just joined. saw that. His first post was on uh, uh, had some weird car in it or something. <clears throat> I haven't actually looked at his account because I didn't care that much. But I did hear. I get my I get my news from Jimmy Fallon, so if he doesn't cover it, then I don't get to hear about it. Let me read something about like anxiety. They actually they categorize it as like and FOMO anxiety. This is from a CNN article. Ask any teen whether he or she suffers from social media anxiety, and the answer will probably be no. Yeah, that's probably true. That's what happened when six teens and adolescents, five from New York and one from Los Angeles, got together recently for a unique week-long workshop at the offices of SheKnows.com. The teens didn't think that Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat, their go-to social networks, added much extra anxiety to their lives. But the conversation turned to the importance of likes and the fear of missing out, also known by the acronym FOMO. Sadie, a 10th grader in Brooklyn, New York, said she'd never heard the acronym before, but is definitely familiar with the feeling. Quote, you see on, I guess you could say Facebook or even Snapchat, you see your friends hanging out with other people and you're like, oh, I'm alone right now, she said. And even if there's no way you could get to them, even if you wanted to, it still just makes you feel bad or lonely or sad, close quote. Olivia, 12, said she sometimes feels that way too. If there's an event that maybe... I'm not at, or my friends are hanging out with each other. Sometimes I feel, I kind of feel, I guess, kind of left out. Anyway, so FOMO anxiety, interesting. Social anxiety, like anxiety. Let me ask you this. When you say anxiety, specifically with you, because I interpret, perhaps we're interpreting anxiety. Like, is it embarrassment? Is it... Uh, you feel that you are worthless to compared to like, this, is it a depressing feeling? Like what's the anxiety that that's a good you question. Feel? 
So, because for me, it's mainly embarrassment. <laughs> like, I don't really care. Like that, I, I. It's not like I have no friends. Like I care. <laughs> I already know I have no friends. <laughs> uh, so that's just the only thing is where I tweet something out super quick without thinking, and I'm like, that was probably a stupid tweet. That's hilarious. Uh, so when I talk about my own anxiety, it's uh, it's not. It's it's very minimal. It's mostly like, if I post a picture of my kids, I get a lot of likes. Mm-hmm. If I post a picture of myself. I get less. And I know, I mean, you think about it, right? I know that the same people are seeing these pictures. They're scrolling up on Instagram and they are scrolling past it, right? Uh-huh. So it's almost like a value thing. Like these are my friends, supposedly. They're my friends. And uh, yeah, you kind of feel like this is a picture of myself. If they're not liking me, it's almost directly like they're not, they don't like me. Well, and you especially feel that. So Snapchat shows you who has viewed your snap, you know, and you like request, Hey, let me know what you think. And then you're like, Jacob saw it, but he didn't respond to me. And then Instagram stories, you can see that. And then on Facebook groups, if the group is small enough, you can make a post. And you, I think you're in the market campus. Yeah, you are. Cause you voted against the uh, Facebook community last night, That's but true. you can see, like, I think 30, I was the only one. 32 people have seen this. And so I have noticed that when like, I'll post stuff and then no one's responding, I can see like 46 and I click on the 46, I see all of their names and I'm like, damn them. Why do they not <laughs> respond to this? I specifically asked for a response. Whereas you never really felt that before because you're, you kind of just convinced yourself, maybe no one saw it. Maybe Facebook's algorithm just yeah, there's, pushed there's it away. Ways to now they're like putting it in your it. face, like 80 people saw this and nobody commented. Yeah. It's kind of like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like this show has turned into the Dr. Phil show and we're evaluating our emotions here. Sometimes I feel like <laughs> we're just having a conversation with the three of us. Well, <laughs> that, would, that would be an accurate analysis. That is analysis. what this is. <laughs> I know of one person who listens. I'm slightly sidetracked because I just got an email from Boosted Board saying that my board is ready. And as nice. soon as I put in my card information, I thought you already paid. Way. Yeah, like eight months ago, I paid the one hundred dollar deposit. Are you really going to do that right now? Yes, because right now they have taken so long that I can't wait. Do we need to take a break? No, we'll keep going. In fact, I've got other stuff. All right, so that's like anxiety. What else you got, Brandon? This will be a little uh, intermittent. I don't know how to say that word. A little um, halfway growth hack tip you guys ready for this or did i already share this on youtube i don't know but i want to know what where you were going with interim uh is that the word i was looking for just like a little uh transition segue into the next thing interim i have two short things so let me first uh say this little youtube hack so this is something i've actually been testing on market campus and it's worked very well so once you have a bunch of videos on your account Go into your analytics on YouTube and look at your most popular videos. Start with the top one and go to the bottom and click on that and then look at where the average drop-off point is. So, for example, on Market Campus's YouTube account, my most viewed video by far is how to get a job in digital marketing. And I noticed, so the video is How many about, views? Uh, it's like 20,000 or something like that. And It's not bad. It's, Maybe uh, Blow the Fool is going to start a YouTube channel. We're no... Uh, that is up for discussion. That was one thing Ugh, I was going to discuss. That does not interest me. <laughs> but uh, I the, the video is about 11 minutes long, but I saw in the analytics that it's 4 minutes and 12 seconds is the average drop-off point. 
So I went into those videos, I identified where the average drop-off point was, and then I created an annotation 20 seconds before that drop-off point that would then pull them to like, you want to learn more about digital marketing or whatever kind of related to the video. So you put a call to action. Call to action 20 seconds before the average drop-off point. And I've seen an increase in traffic from YouTube from that. So it's not a huge increase, but thought that was interesting. I've seen uh, a couple of people who've clicked on that. A small little tweak that you can make to your YouTube, because a lot of people just put the call to actions at the end and they don't really optimize or they optimize it right when they publish, but then they don't revisit and re-optimize based off the user How many data. views does the video I'm in have? Um, oh, you're, uh, well, you're in two videos technically. Well, okay. Okay. I don't know, maybe a thousand or two. Like anxiety. Sorry, man. (laughs) (laughs) View anxiety. (laughs) Does it count as a view when people watch it on your website? Yeah. Oh, man. I have a friend who makes these awesome videos, and they're like vlogs. They're really, really good. Edited very well. Beautiful looking. And no one watches them. Yeah. He gets like 100 views per video. And I feel, man, this sounds bad, but I just like feel embarrassed for him. Like, I want more people to watch it. Um, Is he consistent? Yeah. He's been doing it for, like, a while. It's just consistent. I've, I've, I've watched some crappy vloggers just keep vlogging, and they start to get a following. Remember my Tech Audit TV that did three episodes and went nowhere? Yeah, like I remember. 80% of my projects? My top video is Slack versus Asana. And I just saw that it has 18,000 views. And... um I was just thinking, like, man, imagine if I would have been consistent with Tech Audit TV. I might have had more. It's not too late. Not too late, I guess. But that one was specifically optimized for search, and that's why it has so much. Oh, this one says 19,000 views. Only four downvotes. Can I just say that I've had a video created that has over 2 million views? Ooh. Yeah. What? Those aren't legit. What? What do you mean they're not legit? Those are paid for, buddy. Who paid for those? Defensive driving. When? Was it, that was their ad on YouTube. Why should all those count as views? Yeah, because people watch them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had no choice. They were forced. They must have done that after I left. Yeah, they did. Speaking of Wait, Slack. Those count as views if it's an ad? Yeah, you know that dude yep. that says like, uh, just check out my Lamborghini, but my real my thing garage. is, you're my garage. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, his videos have like, Three four, thousand, three, four million views, and they're, they're paid. They're all paid. Wait, that's your argument that ads? What if people watch that? Oh, you think people are, are like, oh, you got to check out this garage, dude. Like, <laughs> let me share this out on Facebook. Yeah, dude, that's no. viral, man. That one people do talk about. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> but it started well, because of his ads, and yeah. it just became known as like one of those Brandon, annoying ads. Brandon did a parody to that yeah. video. And I think I got a couple thousand all, views yeah, off but that. all of his videos. Actually, I did, I think I, for fun, ran an ad with that video here in my garage, and I targeted, like, Ty Lopez and, like, all these accounts that people, just as, for fun, and it didn't really take off, but I think that's where weird. That is so from. weird. I thought, I <laughs> I was, thought it would definitely go <laughs> viral. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Takes me off. Uh, what is, I, I want to know, each of you, like, one piece of content that you thought for sure was going to go viral and it just fell flat on its face. 
So I did this other thing for defensive driving. <laughs> <laughs> this is, what you're about to share is the example I share with all everyone what at Nice and Floor in terms of just like, it's okay to fail. Like, here's the worst piece of content I've ever created. Oh, so we have the same piece of content that's the worst piece of content that we've created. Well, let me, let me say, though, that piece of content, when it was done, we did not think it was going to go viral. I mean more like something, it's done, it's ready, you publish it and you just wait and sit back and you're waiting for it to go viral and it just doesn't. I'm not sure I'm not that, I'm, I'm not sure I'm that optimistic. <laughs> Why don't you tell the listeners about this piece of content that we made? So it was for defensive driving, it was interactive. And to be honest, I think that if it was executed the way that we had originally planned, it would have done a lot better, but it just, okay, so imagine this, you people. Imagine you're on a website and uh no let me go about this differently so the idea we wanted to generate was let's create an interactive game that um what's it called when you're simulate simulates so we're trying to simulate what it's like to drink and drive okay so this is defensivedriving.com we're trying to simulate what it's like to drink and drive well okay before step back the goal here like is to get people to not drink, drink and, and drive. drive. <laughs> okay. So we decided. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so opening screen, it shows uh, you're on a bar, like you're sitting at a bar, yeah. and there's a, a, a mug that you can fill up with beer, right? So yeah. you can pour in, you want a little beer, a, a, a middle amount, and, or a full, just br- to the brim, Freaking! And the more you, the more alcohol you have, the more difficult the game is. That's right. And the game, you just use your arrows to go left and right, and and you're just flying down the road. And there are cars and obstacles, and you're just trying to navigate uh, between the lanes so you don't hit things. But the more alcohol you use, the the greater the delay is with the keys, and the more blurry it is. And uh, anyway, so you go through this, and you try to get to the end. But the point of the whole thing is that you never get to the end. Every single time, it doesn't matter how much alcohol you consume, you always crash into a huge red semi-truck. Yep. Yep, that's the piece. That's it. Jacob and I got super into this. We There were times when we were, like, uh, recording our voices. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, so, we yeah, the extra, there was, in, while you're driving, the radio is going. There's a radio in the background that you can turn off and turn on. And it's me and Jacob being radio hosts, uh, going in between different songs. That that's right. That's exactly up. right. Yeah. We actually partnered up with one of Brandon's clients. We co-branded oh, yeah. the piece with uh, oh, drugrehab.org. Drug oh, I forgot about that. So where was that? I don't. I I think it's still there, but it's like the CSS or something is broken. It was um, uh, driving nice. interactive, right? Was the something like that? Let's not reveal where that is, though. No, man. <laughs> Let's. I don't want to share it publicly. I don't want to share it publicly. Embrace the fails. Here's what I'm interested in, and perhaps the the listeners. What about that piece? Looking back on it, made it fail. I still stand behind the idea. Uh, The problem was Nicent Floor, our developer at the time. We pitched him the idea and said, "Can you do this?" And he said, "Absolutely." And then the next week, he quit. That's right. And we were left in a lurch. We had already told the client we were going to do it at that point. Yep. Uh, we and, already got uh, the budget approved. So then we found another developer to do it who With said less experienced, said they could do it. 
we found out later that they were learning how to do it as they were doing it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, it ended up being just like a complete disaster. It looks terrible. It functions terribly. Um, yeah, not... Uh, In fact, we were hoping the whole time, because it took forever to build, that the client would just forget about yeah. it, and we didn't do anything with it. Yeah. It just, well, <laughs> Once it was done, yeah. I think we spent $8,000 on that interactive. Yeah. And I think we just, after it was over, we're just like, let's just... Yeah, we just kind of just ate. We just ate it. Fortunately, we had a lot of other successful campaigns going on for that client, so that kind of made up for it. Yeah, still to this day, they are my by far my favorite client I've ever had. Yeah, they're they're awesome. So you would still launch the idea? Yeah, today with with better execution, I would still launch the idea. I wouldn't. Seems like it would take like I I think the idea is good. It's just one of those ideas where. It would take a lot of resources to like yep. do a good job, and that's what I mean. Yeah, almost like lease out or uh, not lease out to outsource like a a gaming company to yeah do it for you versus a couple developers to be like yeah I can. So some of my do this. some of my social proof behind the concept is uh, the next year someone came out with almost the exact same idea. However, it was about texting and driving, not drinking and driving, and you were in a simulated car driving down a freeway and you had to change lanes and go in the appropriate gate while typing out a message on the bottom of your screen. Um, and the whole goal was just to like see how far you could get and it would measure your reaction time when you were typing versus when you weren't and stuff like that. This is pretty cool. And it, it got a lot of publicity. What, you did that? No. Someone else did it. Oh, someone else did it. Yeah. And it did, and it went crazy, and visually, actually, wasn't astounding. It wasn't that great, but uh, it got a lot of press. So I kind of stand behind the idea, but our execution was bad. That reminds me of the Pixar theory. Oh, I love the Pixar theory. So the guy who invented the Pixar theory that we just piggybacked off of, uh-huh. I just saw him recently. I think on Twitter, and he's still like that's his thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's still like updating it every time there's a new movie. Yeah. You guys still rank number one for Pixar Theory. Yep. Are you guys updating? No, we haven't, but we have. Seems we've like this would be like an easy lead gen. It is. Type thing. We've gotten clients and we've gotten uh, uh, talent from it. Wow. That's awesome. Hey, uh, I saw that, that you guys built this. I want to <laughs> work for you. No way, I want to do stuff like that. The person I'm thinking about is a really, really great marketer. One of our top marketers. Hmm. Hmm. Yep. Very interesting. So, yeah, it was, uh, it's cool. I think it's had like 3.5 million views, and it still gets 30 to 50 million or 30 to 50,000 views a month. Yeah, it was smart when Chris bought that domain. Yep. That was good. Good choice. Uh, Brandon, what, uh, I want to know about your piece of content that fell flat on its face uh, that, you, you, that you expected to go viral. This is going to be really hard for Brandon this is to gonna pick one I, out I've of the had, many. I've had so many. <laughs> You're going to say like everything goes viral. I was going to say that everything I expect to go viral and then it completely fails. I'd say the most recent. Well, how are you defining viral? Well, let's start with that because that I is joke. like the stupidest well, saying viral. It's not the stupidest. That's kind of my up. most recent example. But the only one I can think of right now is that Clash of Clans piece 
that I thought that would do better. That article? The article, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, I don't know, as I was writing it, maybe there were some details that would have made it better, but I felt like that could have done better. And then I start looking like, did I share it the wrong day, the wrong time? And uh, yeah, that didn't take off like I thought it would. So that was a good piece. Yeah. Surprising people didn't pick up on it. I know the timing. I think we discussed that. We might have discussed that in another episode. We did. We talked about the post, the open graph image made it look like you were Uh, inviting us to play Clash of Clans. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So there were some things I probably would have redone, but yeah, everything I. Anything with Market Campus attached to it has a, an emotional connection to it. And so if it doesn't do well, then I just get sad and depressed. I'm just kidding. But it is a letdown. Not super happy when pieces don't do well. But some of them I fully expect to do well. And then for some reason, those are the ones that continue Should that be the ultimate goal? Well. What? It's to try to create content that goes viral. Hmm. I don't know. No. No. Not the ultimate goal. I think there's a lot of, uh, everyone has their own definitions, like you mentioned, of what is viral. And we all know that you don't have to go viral to have success. Your video gets 10,000 views on YouTube, but if you made sales off of it or whatever you were trying to accomplish, it happened, then that's better than going viral. Yeah. Totally agree. Brandon. Are you voting for Donald Trump? I don't know who I'm voting for. But I am excited for the debate on Monday. Next week's episode is going to be awesome. It is. We're going to talk about how we can leverage the the debates for your digital marketing campaign. Yes. So tune in. uh, Watching this both just as a citizen and as a marketer will be very interesting. Twitter will be a fun place to be this monday night so i'm excited it'll yeah. be good entertaining yeah. definitely uh Even i think if you don't care about politics that's right it'll be entertaining that's right i think the last time we talked to pax about this he said he was going to be voting for hillary clinton i mm-hmm. thought he was a jeb bush guy jeb uh no no i was never <laughs> any of those things i just said i will not be voting for donald trump under <clears throat> any circumstances uh i may vote for hillary uh, right now, I'm leaning towards Gary, Gary Johnson. Johnson. Gary Johnson. Yep. Hey, have you uh, signed up on that uh, Rebellion yes. website, whatever it's called? What's yep. it called? Something I Rebellion. I signed a petition that needed something. <laughs> <laughs> Just I to get him in the debate. I was asking for something, so I gave him something. Yeah. All right, you guys. This week's episode is going to be cut short. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode, please rate us on iTunes. It really helps out a lot. And I think we have gotten, a website. We do have a website. Our website is back. Finally. Belowthefold.io. If you ever wondered what we look like, our pictures are there. And there's a beautiful form at the bottom where you can submit your critical feedback and ideas. Yep. Topic ideas. Uh, let us know where you're from. Engage with us. Uh, we're also actively monitoring our Twitter account. And by actively monitoring, I mean we look at it every once in a while. And by we look at it every once in a while, I mean I look at it every once in a while. (laughs) Anyway, until next week, we'll catch you below the fold.